gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the greatest show on Hello, world travelers. I'm Dustin Alexander. I am Mariposa on The Greatest Show on Earth, and I am the DM for the Fantastic Worlds podcast. Hi, I'm Abby. I play Pippa Loxley on the Fantastic Worlds podcast and Dr. Seleno Niss on The Greatest Show on Earth. This is Angel. I play both Abraxas Hillrunner, awesome Arctic Druid in the Reign of Winter, and Byron Lightning Stendhal in The Greatest Show on Earth. And this is Jess, your magnificent ringmaster for The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, I also play Andromeda in the later episodes of Reign of Winter. I am Logan, and I play Pageant, Hanafleet, Jupiter, Teardrop, in Extinction <laughs> Curse. And I play Buhan and Kuneho in Reign of Winter. Today is the release of episode two of The Greatest Show on Earth. And because this week is the closing week of our drive, and we know we've hit you hard this month, this is the closing week of our drive, so we just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for being part of our community. Muchos besos. Besos. Besitos. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on every... Uh, aspect of the Sokial media, uh, the Discord, the Reddit. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up on Discord. Keep checking that Reddit. We're slowly getting more people. Discord. Absolutely, guys. I, I honestly, I love chatting with y'all on Discord and on our Twitch streams. And you know what? Thank you for coming to those Twitch streams because it has been a freaking blast talking with you guys on there. And thank you to all of the incredible Patreon members who allow us to keep doing this. Your support is incredible. We are very close, y'all, to hitting our goal for the month. So if you haven't gone there yet, there is no better time to do it. You're listening to episode two of The Greatest Show on Earth today. But episode three will be released on Thursday exclusively on our Patreon. So if you want to catch that Head on over there right now and help us make our goal. Exclusive. 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 When do you become an ASMR podcast? We also have a monthly monthly dice giveaway. Giveaway. We'll also have a monthly monthly dice (laughs) giveaway that all our Patreon um, wonderful folks in May will have a chance to enter and to win a beautiful, beautiful Metal dice set. Metal, I love you so much. Metal dice. Metal dice. Anyways, listen, we hope you enjoyed our first ever fantastic fund drive. As I D said at the Denaro. beginning, D for Dinero. And listen, I hope you all had as much fun as we did. <laughs> Genuinely, like, I think this shows you exactly how much fun we all had <laughs> doing this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's a time we get on with the show, don't you? Here is episode two of The Greatest Show on Earth. Amazing. Belly rubs, rubs, and inscribed clubs, clubs. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome. Hear ye, hear ye. Welcome, one and all, to Pageant's show. 
pageant show. <laughs> this is yep. definitely pageant. pageant show. <laughs> yeah, but the rest of us are just uh pageant and the extras. <laughs> pageant and the rest (laughs) and her backup dancers (laughs) yeah that should be the artwork with pageant in front of the rest of us oh it should (laughs) background dancers how's everyone's playlists going for the characters oh Oh, for this podcast it's going amazing (laughs) selena's bad at people i put a bunch of mid-career lady gaga Mm. uh some skrillex (laughs) Just some really like up tempo techno nonsense that I imagine it's what Selena would listen to like in her lab when she's yes. conno- concocting various <laughs> things that go boom. Uh, that there's just some Skrillex banging away in the background, throwing back her head and cackling every once in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So my Amazing. playlist is going great. I've been building this playlist. <laughs> Let's see. The first song I added for this playlist was December eighteenth, twenty nineteen. So I have been adding music for months. Dang. I have a long list. I have about 25 songs so far. I will have nice. a complete list by the time this episode releases, though. Yep. I'm at the whole whopping zero. <laughs> it's like that didn't study for my test look. <laughs> that Logan saw. I was like, oh, playlist? Oh, yeah. I, no. I'm just going to cheat and take the soundtrack from Karate Kid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that'll just be my intros, all those all the songs. That'll be a quick way to get a couple nice. of songs in there. That's great. Take the soundtrack to the Transformer animated series or animated movie. <laughs> you are the best around. No one's ever gonna keep you down. You're the best, the best. <laughs> that would be perfect. I imagine pageants is uh, just wild. I haven't actually created it, so I'm in the same boat as you. Angel, Please add read you wrote you. Yes. Oh my god, which version? Only the Roxy Andrew version. That's the only one I want. <laughs> um, but I have like a plan. Like I know that Abby suggested uh, Circus by Britney yes. Spears. So that's going to be the opening song. It's and, perfect. Like, I know I want Lady Gaga's applause on there. I want uh, Kim Petras's. I want it all. Mm-hmm. And then I have like other songs that will reveal different insights into pageant that she's not putting in yet. So I'm excited to drop those ones into. So like Secrets. it'll be like pump up, pump up, pump up, pump up. What? Pump up, pump up, pump up, pump up, pump up. Huh? Pump huh? up, pump up, pump up. <laughs> like everybody's like, gonna be sweaty left- and crying by the yeah. end. <laughs> like this came out of left field. I was reading about leshies and like how they're formed and stuff like that, oh, yeah. and my brain is trying to configure how we went from how a leshy is created to pageant, and it's just this big question mark. <laughs> how are leshies created? I'm in the dark with uh, leshies. Well, Jess and I have been talking about it, but basically leshies are like the cast-offs of druidic spells. It's like a soul inhabits a humanoid body made out of plants and nature, and then that's how a leshy is born. And they're usually pretty devoted to protecting nature and being basically servants of nature. So you think about that, and then you look at Paget, and you're just like, uh... Uh... (laughs) In like the leshy description, it talked about if you want to go for like an adventuring route that wasn't nature oriented. So like I kind of went towards those. But yeah, there's a Jess and I have been talking about exactly what that journey looks like with pageant. Because she's <laughs> obviously not the typical leshy if, if anyone knows about them. Indeed, especially if I mean, anybody in the circus who would know about these things has probably uh, clocked that. <laughs> 
So that'll be something that comes up for sure. Speaking of, I mean, why don't we go ahead and get into it? I feel like uh, last time we didn't have a chance for you guys to really introduce your characters. I mean, we got some some sort of around the edges stuff. You know, we know that Byron was Myron's twin. That was our big beginning of episode reveal. <laughs> yeah, so it started uh, my vengeance arc on day one. <laughs> Two minutes Literally. in, Benji's yep. arc. That, that like Boom. truly shocked me. I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that we hadn't told you guys, so yeah. I was very excited by I was just like, these two people have similar names. Oh, how how annoying <laughs> to remember. <laughs> and I think we kept going back and forth as even me going calling the wrong name. But isn't that really common? I know my mom goes back and forth through all of our names, and I'm sure of your parents. My, you might have heard of them calling you the wrong. Oh, yeah. I even do. Oh, yeah. I do it with my siblings. Think of circus folks. Byron and Myron have been kind of in the circus for a good while. Myron, you know, it, it's going to look like he's walking around the circus like constantly. And then think yeah. for Byron, he looks in the mirror. It's not like he's going to kind of forget this. So I had those conversations with Jess, like, oh, I'm like, I think I'm going to make him, you know, the twin brother of the ringmaster, not knowing, you know, I found out a little later, but not knowing what direction is going to go. It's, oh, holy crap. Uh, I actually set up a bond with Myron where it's going to be one of those that is going to stay on, uh, stay on his character sheet. It's just going to be there. It's not going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. but that's kind of a, the legacy about being the, you know, surviving twin. When you brought the idea up, I was like, first of all, screaming because I love that. But also, <laughs> like, it the gears definitely got to clicking because I was like, man, they're going to be looking to him as someone in a leadership position. Not to mention, you know, we have um, there's almost a familial relationship with uh, Mariposa, too, because she has this longstanding bond with Myron and the professor. But it's the same with Byron, certainly, like you guys have all these very close ties and then Seleno's been a while around for a long time. Um, the only person who's kind of not part of this weird <laughs> dynamic yet is pageant. <laughs> so. uh, pageant is the boo one of this group. Yeah. <laughs> by choice. <laughs> by choice. Fully by choice. She's got eyes set on Mordain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's trying to join Mordain's party. She's trying to join the the adventuring party of Mordain and Hod. <laughs> no, just just Mordain. We're gonna cut out Hod. You're gonna cut out Hod slowly. Literally every time. with a knife. <laughs> I could see I could see Page pageant is a shiver. Anybody gets yeah. in her way, shiv them in just the shiv them. I'm like trying to think, like, yeah. She I'm do like, it. is that a third rock reference? Because then I don't get it. No. <laughs> or 30 rock, my bad. See? Look, I'm so familiar with the show. I just <laughs> call it the wrong thing. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a third rock from the sun reference. Remember uh, that one? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're stepping into this situation with, I mean, it's already been made abundantly clear that you're being treated as sort of leadership in this uh pageant not really (laughs) you're just around i think you're inserting yourself into the situation so that's sort of you know you're being dragged along with the tide but or not even you're you're riding the tide correct (laughs) and the other surfing on top (laughs) 
because because of their relationship with the professor are being have you know you were already put in this role where he asked you like i need you guys to set up the acts we don't have that set up and like everybody's going to be looking at byron and seeing myron and even though they know your personality is different that that is probably going to be some pressure on you to sort of take over his mantle how does how does byron feel about that He's pushed that to the back of his head because, well, one, he hasn't even had an opportunity to mourn, you know, fully, but he is a background character. He's been the I'll help my little brother out, out role. So do you need me to make uh, run this errand? Oh, we're at a rope. Go grab some really quick. And Myron's always been that, uh, I think like in an interview, no, he's played second fiddle. But to him, that was his comfortable role. That's his role in the family and in the circus. So to have to have discussions, you know, to have that leadership role, those aren't skills that he's developed. So he's really, well, not even rusty. He hasn't even worked on those kind of muscles as far as a leadership role. So it's something, baptism by fire, he's got to do what he can because this is Myron's legacy and he's not about to let the circus fall apart if he can help it. So, yeah. but definitely something he's going to be nervous about when uh, things get quiet is, holy shit, can I do this? Well, you know, regardless, I have to. Fuck. So <laughs> that's all going on right You know, that's that conversation with himself is going to happen probably sooner than later. It's, it's certainly a, a similar situation for Mariposa, I imagine, because like as much as, Mariposa, even though she doesn't share the, you know, twin thing with Myron, was much like his number one, if we're talking about, you know, <laughs> the bridge of a Starfleet vessel. <laughs> um, you know, the professor is sort of the mentor on the side, but Mariposa is like in the shit. And in much the same way, like, you know, we have uh, uh, Byron would also have been a, a bridge officer, but sort of standing in the background, whereas Mariposa is sitting right there up front. Um, so people are looking to her, too, and, and especially because of her personality, you know, tiny giant, <laughs> tiny on the outside, giant on the inside. How is she feeling about that? Is she like already relaxed into the role because she's already been playing Second fiddle. <laughs> I, her entire life has been placed into a situation where she has to take leadership when things fall apart. So that is the mode she is in right now. It's uh, she always puts everyone else first and her second, uh, which will probably cause problems down the road. But for <laughs> situations like this, it helps a lot because, well, everyone else, you know, especially uh, Byron she knows that he's going to be going through with a lot. What she knows is going to happen is we had a pretty fantastic performance, but the adrenaline, once that wears off, is going to be replaced with the, oh my God, Myron is dead. And so she has fortified herself preparing to be kind of that that rock for everybody when when that the shit hits the fans, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Seleno... You are not someone who has played much of a leadership role. You've always been around. Like, Heck no. Yeah. <laughs> People have always been like, oh, yeah, that's Seleno. That's our, our person. You know, everyone's familiar with you. Everyone knows you. But they certainly don't right. treat you with that same 
that same sense. But now that you've kind of like been a part of, you've been wrapped up in this group, you really are being dragged along with the tide. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm Extremely sure that's... Extremely reluctantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's making her panic a little. Is that is that a good read on that? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty accurate read. I mean, she's been with the circus for a while, uh, but she's usually, she's kind of like that odd person who mostly keeps to herself in her wagon and strongly discourages too many questions about any funny noises or lights or <laughs> some anything else that might be coming out of her wagon. She liked Myron just fine. Uh, she admired, there were lots of things she admired about him. But him being, it's it's that kind of weird situation where everyone else is experiencing very intense grief about someone with whom you weren't very close. And so you're not part of it, yeah. uh, which is just extremely, extremely awkward at the best of times, even if you are a person that has well-developed empathy, which Seleno is not. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, that's going to be an awkward situation for her. And Super awkward. On the opposite end of that spectrum, <laughs> we have a person who is uh, absolutely... Um, that shit crazy. Just no. that sh- yeah, no. <laughs> no, who's who's probably relishing the first of all, she very literally got the spotlight. She got exactly what she wanted. Oh yeah. She, she stepped in day one and was like, I own this and and she did. <laughs> and so she did, damn. And so she did. Is she yeah. riding that high? Is she also like cognizant of of the sort of dynamic that's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think pageant, she's not stupid and she's not heartless. She just she's tried to get into the circus before and has been rejected by Myron. Um so <laughs> so she's aware of who he is. Um and so she see she saw that this happen and in her mind it was an opportunity. Um she doesn't have a lot of ties with everybody, but she knows that she wants to take care of herself, so she step forward and did it and you i i I try to kind of show that with like her interactions with the other people who would actually talk to her is that like she's not a mean person necessarily or humanoid because she's a plant um but she's very much like it's her first because she has no ties if she creates ties then we'll see what happens and it, it just so happened that the situation she's taking advantage of is someone's death. But she's not above doing that because she there's no emotional connectivity to anyone at the moment. Totally. Yeah. Speaking of, now that we've uh, sort of gotten all your feelings out of the way, fuck those. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, no, they're flying away. No, this is the perfect time, I think, now that we've sort of gotten, you know, that's a good insight into each of your characters, but we didn't get much chance last time to really go into who you are. We were kind of thrown straight into the show. Um, and of course, you had your little moments to shine and and show who you were, but I'd like to talk more about, of course, your bonds, thing number one, and uh, which I know you have widely varying <laughs> <laughs> levels of familiarity with each other and vastly different personalities. So why don't each of you, you know, first of all, go over your class, uh, your race. We already know, obviously, that pageant is a leshy, but it bears repeating. 
Um, <laughs> and your alignment statement as well, obviously, your alignment with that. And then give me those bonds. And let's start with pageant since we uh, ended with pageant. <laughs> Do you also want values? Oh, yeah. And values as well while we're <sighs> okay. at it. Pageant is a leshy bard. Okay. Um, and she is chaotic neutral. That's the alignment I gave her. Um, and I picked out four quotes because they're really short and sweet. And then I have my alignment statement. This is going back to uh, my first quote is, when I'm good, I'm very, very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. By Mae West. Ooh. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Nice. Yes. I've had that written down for like a couple weeks now. Mae West has been on my mind forever. And then my second quote is from the poet Rumi. Uh, it says, forget safety, live where you fear to live, destroy your reputation, be notorious. Um, Damn, I love that quote. I know, I really love it. My third quote of four is from the drag queen Willem. Um, it's, I'm trying to bring attention to one of my favorite causes, which is me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh... Love it. <laughs> and then the fourth and last one is by Roshani Chokshi. Uh, from her young adult book, Arusha and the End of Time. It is better, perhaps, to be thought of as a fiction than to be discarded from memory completely. Ooh. And so my, like, culminating all this together is my alignment statement. Uh, life is meant to be entertainment. If it needs to be nudged along, so be it. Pageant, child of nature, feels the verdant frenzy of the earth itself flow through their skin. Pageant will go where they please, do what they want and revel in their decisions. Flowers need light and stars need to shine. Pageant needs to thrive. They follow their urges wherever life takes them, no matter what. At times, this means helping those in need, coming to the rescue, putting on a show and flashing a smile. At others, it means deceiving those around them, conning, hustling, and using their guile to get what they want. And if they can do it with style, then that's just the icing on the cake. Pageant may hesitate to hurt others at times, but don't be fooled. It's not because they're a pacifist. It's just that violence isn't in pageant's best interest yet. Oh my god, she's so good. They're so good. But yeah, so chaotic neutral I know gets a bad rap a lot of the time where it's just like, oh, you pick it to do whatever the hell you want. Blah, 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 blah. Um, But I really tried to think of like, she has herself forward and this is her goal. So she's going to do what it takes. So she is neutral in that sense, and she's chaotic in that sense. And so I try to tie it back to her her goals, her aims. I think it's the most interesting alignment, honestly, for me. because, mm. And I, I know that's biased because I always play chaotic neutral when I can. <laughs> but, <laughs> but because it's not... It's, it, in some way, it's like you just gave a very good nuanced example of how it can be this very deep thing. It, and it, it's person by person and it can vary so much more, I feel like, than a lot of other mm-hmm. alignments give you wiggle room for. So that's awesome. That's I'm really excellent. Um, now, before we move on to Bonds, who is the actor that plays pageant? <laughs> Greta Grimley. So there's no actor that plays okay. pageant, but she is played by a drag queen. <laughs> and she is played by the drag queen Aquaria. Because I think of Aquaria, the drag queen, is like slight and feisty 
and she just has all these exotic looks that she's able to put off, uh, pull off, and that's pageant in a nutshell. Uh, so I chose Aquaria. That's perfect. Yeah. If if y'all haven't seen pictures, y'all better look them up because googling it immediately. Yeah, Aquaria drag queen. There's so many looks. It's just yeah, she's a stunner. She is. She's beauty. All right. Now those bonds. Did you want the values first or the bonds? Um, let's do values first and we'll end okay. with bonds. So three values. Uh, the first is musicality. Uh, pageant is Lord of the Dance. When they dance, people stop and stare. When they play music, people become entranced. Pageant doesn't care for mysteries, but they love music in all its forms. Whether to dance, to sing, to chant, to shriek, the music of the world is meant to be discovered and enjoyed. Plus, the perfect song allows Pageant to dance the perfect dance. One more chance to be noticed, after all. Music is easily remembered. Perfect for Pageant. Uh, The next one is Opulence. What is life without beauty? (laughs) What is life without excess? Glitter, shimmer, sparkles, fashion. Pageant demands it all because it's what they deserve. The finer things in life are to be desired, and anything shiny will set Pageant's heart aflutter. Jewels? Yes. Silks? Yes. Glamour? (laughs) Everything. You can't be noticed without blinding others. Sometimes to get all eyes on me, a little, or a lot, of sparkle is necessary. And then the last one is notoriety. (laughs) Everyone deserves to know who Pageant is. They just don't know it yet. The greatest pursuit of Pageant's existence is to be known, no matter what. Though they may not know their past, they know their future. It's their name, written in ten-foot letters, emblazoned on a marquee, adored by thousands of fans, hated by the jealous, known by all. Their name on everyone's tongue, for better or for worse. Her name needs to be known. Everything depends on it. Those are my three values. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what a Rachel Berry. Get it? A berry? Yeah. Ah, yes. Ah, wow. <laughs> I love that the whole time uh, uh, Logan was reading those, Angel was just shaking his head. No. <laughs> oh, were you? I wasn't <laughs> looking at the video. Damn. I wasn't looking at the video. <laughs> oh my god. That was amazing. That was yeah. shaking my head with jealousy. I was yeah. like, damn, they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Those were those were so good, Logan. I especially <laughs> I loved the sometimes to be noticed you have to blind oh. others. <laughs> that's oh, that's so, such a good line. So good. <laughs> Opulence. Oh God, that's awful. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to pageant the first impression is everything. So y- what you see is part of what you'll get, but she wants to control that first part of what you see. And so, I don't know. I'm having fun with her, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Very excited. And my bonds. Byron is the twin of Myron. So why should I expect anything different? (laughs) Myron would not allow me to perform for whatever reason. And upon his death, I was able to take advantage of the situation to show myself to the world. I need to be able to keep performing and having others see me. So I must play nice with Byron. Draw him in, keep him close, <laughs> entice him like a fly to honey. If nice doesn't work, then perhaps naughty will work better. <laughs> Woo! <Ooh. laughs> um, the next one is for Mariposa. This one treats me like I have committed murder for no other reason than I am an outsider 
and that one is part of the inner sanctum. Spouting loyalty by flaunting power in front of others seems to be that one's modus operandi. I don't need to convince anyone of my innocence, for I am not guilty, but I will keep this one at Vine's distance for my own security. That one harbors a righteous fury and is looking for a scapegoat to take it out on someone they deem other. I will not let that be. Awesome. Nice. I was really proud of putting keep this one at Vine's distance. I, th- I like <laughs> yeah, that. that. I like was that. great. <laughs> Vine will keep it Vine's so distance. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, that, there's definitely going to be some inner group turmoil when we get to my uh, my uh, statement for pageant. <laughs> uh, bring it. Uh, this one is for Celano. <gasps> Yay. What an odd one she is. Standing so tall, yet seemingly taking up no space. I am jealous of what she sees from great heights, but I also rather like her gangly aura. To have such advantages yet be unknown to their benefits. It is obvious that she will be able to help me become more well-known with her skills, but something about her essence keeps me curious. When you peel back the hidden layers, what can be seen in the light? I... Sweet. Love that so much. How can so someone good. so tall take up so little space? That's that is a, poetry. That is an excellent <laughs> description of her whole thing. <laughs> because you got two small fries who are like exuding so much, like taking up so much space. And then you have like the two tall people like hunkering in the background. Like it's such mm. an interesting dynamic. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Yeah. That's so that. true. Yeah, Paget and Mariposa have so much presence. Yeah. And then you've got Byron and myself just like, <laughs> please, people, pay no mind. Like, Where's the background? We're cool. Yeah. No need <laughs> to look back here. No need to look. Please, in fact, please don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't mind what's behind the curtain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah, because what? Mariposa is, what, two ounces? They don't... <laughs> Right, but they're her and Pageant are kind of like the show ponies. Whereas, yes, you know, we're we are behind the curtain and we're totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very cool with it. Um, and then I have one final bond with Mordain, the magician. I sense a kindred spirit, but I also sense a mask keeping depths hidden behind. Her act, while ostentatious and showy, is extremely dangerous. She relies on magic, but that could easily fail or be tampered with. She seems to be controlled, even if she doesn't know it herself, by that assistant of hers. What pushes her to put herself into such life-threatening situations, all for the entertainment of others? Why rely on someone who so clearly has ulterior motives? I worry about her. She may be a bitch like me, but everybody hurts. We bitches (laughs) stick together. Love it. I love when people read into the NPCs. I'm very excited to <laughs> to delve into this. Yeah, I I call Mordain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right. So next is Seleno. So I am playing uh, Doctor Seleno Niss. It's not a medical degree, <laughs> so she can't actually fix you if you're hurt. But she does have a PhD from the College of Mysteries in mutagenic bioengineering, which is a field that she practically pioneered. Oh, fancy. Yes. It is fancy. What does her mad scientist laugh sound like? She doesn't have a mad scientist laugh. That was an elective. She has a very reasonable chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> because she's not crazy. She's not 
She's brilliant. <laughs> She's brilliant. Damn it. <laughs> Fonsworth, um, pull the lever. Pull the lever. <laughs> she has never said something like that to one of her grad students. Good she news, just, everyone. <laughs> she just splashed acid on one once oh, by accident. Lord. It was fine. He's fine. Thank God for insurance. That's how your arch nemesis was spawned. As far as She's a brilliant scientist, but she um, also knows how to make fireworks. It was actually her first uh, her first interest in alchemy was sparked by uh, one of her step parents teaching her how to make fireworks because they have a f- actual like fireworks business that they run in Absalom, uh, and they taught her how to make compounds together. They basically taught her how to make stuff go boom. <laughs> Is Make Stuff Go Boom the name of the fireworks company? No. (laughs) That would be a very silly name for a fireworks company. (laughs) So Seleno is a half-elf. She grew up in Absalom, and she is currently around 61 years old. So she is sort of in a a sort of firm, middle-aged space uh, in her life at this moment. She is played by... So I've got a couple different things for her. Her her face and just general coloring and height, etc., is Marina Bakarin. Yeah, okay. Yes, from Firefly. Who is gorgeous <gasps> yeah. and just has amazing cheekbones. She does, yes. She does have amazing cheekbones. Um, but so Seleno's been experimenting with mutagens for decades now and has accidentally made it so her hair no longer grows she is completely bald so what she does instead sometimes she doesn't care and she gets it on with her bad with her bad bald self because it's a look and it looks great because she has marina bakarin's bone structure (laughs) but most of the time she wears a lot of increasingly elaborate wigs a la moira rose from schitt's creek yes yes (laughs) yes if you are wondering if there is a wig wall in her wagon, the answer is yes. Oh, uh, pageant's gonna fucking steal them all. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you will not, because I will explode you. <laughs> her wigs are very precious to her. Also, a la Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> um, so that's sort of her her sort of basic stats. So her alignment is, I also went with chaotic neutral for her alignment. I thought it worked as a mad scientist alignment of, I don't really have any particular moral issues with, because alchemists, the the path that I really want to take with her is, is the mutagenic path. And that has a lot to do with altering your body and the way that I envision Seleno is that she's a mad scientist and doesn't exactly care too much about the morals involved in altering people's bodies. <laughs> You're like, screw the or FDA. experimenting no. on people <laughs> Love it. to figure out the best ways in which this can be accomplished. She justifies it by she does it to herself first before she does it to other people. <laughs> but anyway, so her alignment statement is people love alchemy when it's a healing potion or a flask of fire to hurl at bad guys and stuff, but develop a potion that turns gnomes into adorable tiger cub people, and oh, suddenly you've gone too far. (laughs) 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 That's her pretty much her whole alignment statement. Nice. 
Values wise, she has she's a simple woman of three basic values. I hope that she will develop into a more complicated and better person as time goes on. But at the moment, this is how she feels about life. One, magic is just lazy science. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, she must hate Mordain. Yeah, more she Mordain is not her favorite person. Uh, too bad we're going to be the three bitches running the circus soon. <laughs> yeah, too bad. <laughs> um, value statement two is that she deserves a state of the art lab and tenure and her pick of incoming grad students. Basically, she really wants to get back to a university campus because this living life in the real world does not suit her. <laughs> and then her third value statement is nothing in life is to be feared it is only to be understood which is a marie curie quote oh that's awesome that's a good quote oh i love your guys stuff i love that you're just an angry professor (laughs) she's she really is she's just a really angry professor whose career has been completely stalled (laughs) she has to live outside of academia and talk to real people and it's just an unimaginable (laughs) hell and she has the, her own kind of pageant side to her, which is like, yeah. I'm this academic and, you know, yeah, that's cool. very proud and I'm excited yeah. to see that. Yeah, I think she and pageant are going to end up having a lot in common. Yeah, shockingly. Uh, <laughs> shockingly, yeah. Shockingly. <laughs> I, I think um, this is the odd couple. <laughs> yeah, well, we are going to be the odd couple. We're going to be the odd couple of best friends. I can't wait. I can't wait, honestly. <laughs> All right, bonds. My first bond, I'm going to do I'm going to do the NPCs first and then move on to uh the other the other characters. Um my first bond is for my arch nemesis, Dr. Lavonsto. Glorified lab techs that steal other people's research will get what's coming to them. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> get direct. Yes. It's most of these are very simple. The next one is for the professor. Everyone calls the professor a title that I don't think he earned. <laughs> yes. The professor of circusology. <laughs> must I must find a way to show everyone that I am the smarter of the two of us and that he does not deserve to be called professor (laughs) you're so petty (laughs) yes (laughs) selena is exactly as petty as many uh faculty that i have met in my current job um my next bond is for mariposa mariposa is so competent and professional never tries to talk to me about personal things Always uses my work to its best effect. I should definitely figure out a time to work with her on her act and see if there's any way that I could support her even better. Because I just deeply appreciate how much she does not try to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my bond for Mariposa currently. Like I said, Selena mostly keeps to herself. So her bonds with the others are very... Pageant's bond is... Pageant upstaged me today. Which was uncool. I worked really hard on my plan. But then they also helped me with the flambonies. And it seems like they're really good at people. 
if they hang around, maybe I should watch them really closely as my new person mentor. Ooh. (laughs) And then finally, my bond with Byron is, Byron just lost his brother. Should I do something? Like, give him flowers or something? It would be weird if I didn't, right? We aren't close or anything, and I wasn't really close with Myron either. Would it be weirder if I did do something? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh, the classic <laughs> antisocial anxiety thought process. <laughs> yep. That is a cool bond. It's legit. It's very reflective. I, so far, I mean, these have been very reflective of the personalities <laughs> of the characters. Um <laughs> Super awesome, both of you so far. I don't know about the rest of you, but no. <laughs> I feel a little better about the ones that I did because I didn't write them for, I'll do this and it'll be resolved. It was kind of a general either feeling or uh, where it might not ever get resolved and that's just their, you know, their relationship or it has to evolve, I should say. I think my favorite set of bonds are always the introduction bonds because they're usually based on such little information that they are kind of weird or awkward or not completely. They're basically first impression bonds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it when things are very nebulous and conceptual because things can still resolve, you know, whether you set out with an action item or not, and or if it's inherent in there or not. There is something that you will find that will probably resolve or not, you know, and if you just keep the bond around, then it's still something that adds depth to your character. And I think that's the most important thing, you know, about these bonds. But, you know, speaking of, <laughs> while we're, you know, why don't we move on to uh, Byron, twin of Myron? Oh, alrighty, alrighty. Uh, let's see. So um, I play Byron Lightning Stendhal. Um, he is a human, human monk. A tender age of 28. Uh, so he's no spring chicken, but he's definitely not overburdened with the wisdom that comes with age. Now, Byron is also chaotic neutral. Oh, yes! yes! <laughs> a little chaotic neutral family. And Justin's here's the thing. His head. It took such a long time to come up with the alignment. I actually took several alignment tests being in the mindset of Byron because he's very regimented about certain things and basically lawful to the core on those specific items, but they're very specific to those items. And the rest of the time is it's really laws, regulations really don't have a place for, well, you'll see as he goes, well, as I describe my values, you'll see why most of the other alignments wouldn't fit in for him. Uh, so he is played by, and I think I'm saying this name correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. It's Eon Mackin. He pay- plays Gwen in Merlin. It's probably pronounced like Ein because Ein, a lot of, Ein a lot of, Ein. it's like Charisse that her name is spelled S-A-O-I-R-I. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But her name is pronounced totally different. So it's probably yeah. something weird. Oh, he's hot. <laughs> oh, have you looked at my character sheet? Well, one of you Google him. Yeah. No, I'll it. give you a few moments to <laughs> enjoy the vapors there. But if you look at my character sheet, I actually use kind of like a sketching mm-hmm. of them. Um, because that kind of embodies Byron for his acrobatics has that kind of a smaller build. Um, and, you know, Kempt. But also tidy hair. It's that uh, combo 
where it looks a little messy, but it's messy with purpose. Eoin. Wait, how was it again? We were saying how it's going to be? Ain? Apparently, it's pronounced Ain? Owen. Oh, Owen. Really? Hey. <laughs> much easier. Owen? Sorry, wow. Mr. Mackin, if you're wow. listening to this. Okay. I name. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be an angel character if they didn't have perfect hair, too. The hair, I have. I look at hair first. The when hair I look at is It's true. But yeah, so human, monk, uh, worshiper of Desna. Uh, this is their alignment statement. I don't have a, I forgot to write the actual full on alignment statement. So I have three quotes that I believe embody uh, his alignment. So one is by Lao Zhu. A man with outward courage dares to die. A man with inner courage dares to live. So that's one of them. The second one, good judgment is a result of experience and experience the result of bad judgment. Mark Twain. And the last one is don't let circumstances control you. You change your circumstances. And that was Jackie Chan. Oh, man. I feel like these are enriching my soul. (laughs) All of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Byron, for his alignment, he basically, it's live, live and enjoy life, whether it's, you know, bad experiences, good experiences, or both experiences, just be alive, and keep moving. So uh, chaotic went best for him. You know, it doesn't mean always doing the wrong thing. Chaotic, like, you know, Jess, it's not, oh, I'm wild, I'll do whatever I want. But you're also not heavily burdened with breaking FDA regulations to get that perfect mutagen, uh, you know, finding that opportunity when somebody died to really shine. It's, it's part of that betterment of self. So I wanted some enlightenment statements that capture that. And also, you know, that, uh, I went with chaotic neutral for that reason. As you guys were going through, it's like, dang, we're all chaotic neutral. That's cool. Yeah. His, it's all coming together. His values. I also like how like your chaotic neutralness is for like, good reasons like like it's just it's exactly like you were saying if you're not like doing it because it's like oh well i don't really care about fda standards (laughs) (laughs) these regulations are just getting in my way yeah (laughs) it's for seleno for it's for her research for pageant it's for herself and for byron it's for the betterment of himself i love that so much it's good it's really different flavors exactly what Mm -hmm. i was talking about the little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neapolitan of uh, chaotic neutral. So his uh, he's got a couple of values. One of them is self-improvement. There is always room for improvement. This includes pursuits of the mind, body, and spirit. He will always strive to improve his form and focus. So he's not just purely a punch-punch, kick-kick monk, although he does do that. Punch-kick, uh, so it's all in Punch-punch. He plays the fiddle, so that's something that he uses as a kind of you know, help his state of mind, emotion. He, he pictures that as the whole him um, and not just muscle, push up, you know, uh, take on other, other pursuits. <laughs> the whole him, the whole Byron. Uh, the next one is perseverance. Byron seeks to explore what he's capable of and push his limits to discover his potential. So uh, what was that? It was a book, but it's a movie, the Gat- Gattaca, where the they... Their competition is swimming out into the ocean, and the brother says he doesn't leave anything back for the return trip, and that's why basically he always wins. Um, you know, Byron's about that perseverance, and you know, failing is fine with him. So it's just kind of pushing. What are his limits? He wants to discover those. Freedom is another value, much like the goddess who re- he reveres, Desna. Uh, uh, Byron delights in freedom and experiencing life. 
Along with his fellow Desnans, Byron isn't afraid to get his hands dirty, feet wet, or his knuckles or face bloodied. <laughs> and in fact, he has a really visible butterfly tattoo up on the upper neck. So it's really visible Ooh. to anybody that sees him. He doesn't do anything to cover it up. So it's fairly obvious. Either likes butterflies. Maybe it's a nod <laughs> to Mariposa. Or, but basically, he reveres Desna. Does it have a look to it that's kind of of her holy symbols? Or is it more generally just a, a butterfly? He wanted it as close to kind of the holy symbols possible. So there wouldn't be any kind of mistake of, oh, you have a butterfly tattoo. It's, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a Desna holy symbol. Excuse right. you. A sign of... Excuse you. Excuse you. It's a sign of my devotion. Hello. <laughs> or at least when he got the tattoo, that's what, he t- that's what he told the tattoo artist. Do you see this holy symbol in this text? Can you duplicate that right here <laughs> on my neck? I don't want to go away with a monarch. <laughs> yeah, that I'm looks like a moth. <laughs> <laughs> I worship Mothra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moth strike. (laughs) Let me get into moth stance. (laughs) Silent moth running. Just attracted to all flames. (laughs) So pretty. Uh, His his last value is family. And if you look at my sheet, it has family in parentheses, Myron. For some, family means blood, friends, or community. To Byron, it means his twin brother. All other values are secondary. So he has those values that are really key part of his personality, but he'll put them aside as far as kind of a hierarchy. Um, so I wanted to put that in there. <gasps> Myron! That makes everything so much more gut-wrenching, too. <laughs> oh, I know when I was looking at these. It really does. My first, bo- also, movie, on that note, Bonds, I have Myron as his first Bond. Mm-hmm. It says, I have known Myron literally my entire life. Right? They were womb, womb mates. Uh, we've seen the best oh, and worst. No. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Woomates. Uh, Woomates. I have known Myron literally my entire life. We've seen the best and worst of each other. Whatever the realms throw at us, I will always be his big brother and him my baby brother. <gasps> uh, I need to stop a little bit, Clint. Jesus I'll give Christ. a pause for the listeners to reach for a tissue. Yeah, everyone wipe your tears. That's really legitimately upsetting. I know, right up episode one. Oh. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just keep <laughs> this one here. Um, then my next bonds are uh, Mariposa. Mariposa is a good and loyal spirit who has Myron's trust. I shall follow his good judgment. Byron did some stuff to get some funding for the circus. So one of the bonds is, I regret nothing. Uh, I had to do what I had to do. <laughs> or that doesn't stop me from being nervous from having my Arposa find out. So oh, I'll have to refine no. that one. I thought I put that in there, but I didn't see it in there. Uh, Dr. Seleno. The good doctor has confidence in the power and dazzlement of their amazing creations. But not so much in the expression and strength of deep emotion. And again, I didn't want to put anything how I was going to do anything to change it. Because for Byron, that change has to come from with, within, you know, the good doctor. So it's, yep. right. you know, it'll, it'll adapt for his observations. So that's why I was so happy to hear everybody else's bonds. Because it, it doesn't require anything on his, ha- his behalf to change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot, by the way, tell you how much I love 
being called the good doctor. Please do that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for pageant, this vainglorious head of cabbage embodies Ooh! perfection <laughs> of self and unapologetically leaps into battle, nettles out. And same thing, period. Nothing to add to change. Because for him, he's about self-improvement. Uh, and to him, she basically embodies that. She's unapologetically herself and is continuously about, I want to be the best version of myself. So to, he has a lot of respect for that. So, um, yes. <laughs> I love that. Love it. Head of cabbage. <laughs> Nettles out. Yeah, I did use a little. Uh, We're gonna have you so much fun with her being a tree. <laughs> are you still going to uh, come up with a nickname for me? I have a couple. So uh, oh. I was oh. thinking of having nicknames for everybody, but not the same nickname. Just kind of rotating out, you know, between <laughs> eggplant, wild rose, uh, luscious blossom, uh, arugula, <laughs> spring salad. Just whatever the mood hits him. I'm so excited. Oh my god. What was the what was luscious 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 blossom? Luscious blossom. Yeah. Luscious, luscious luscious lettuce. Luscious blossom. <laughs> wild luscious rose. Luscious blossom. Pageant would actually probably like yeah, that. Yeah, so one. they're all all going to be like salad references. <laughs> oh my god. It's oh, yes. Okay. Are those all your, are those all your bonds? Oh yeah, those are all my bonds. holy cow okay um (laughs) last but not least the diminutive mariposa i have such a thing to follow after i don't know if i'm gonna mine are gonna be as good but we'll see here so mariposa which is uh the translation of butterfly Mm -hmm. is the translation and last name is novali which also means new her parents were followers of desna so that's why she has they named her butterfly she, however, is a follower of Saren Ray. She is four foot eight inches tall. She is 72 pounds and she is 38 years old. She is played by the beautiful and amazing Kara G, who is Carmina Drummer on uh, The Expanse. I really, <laughs> yeah, just put 72 pounds of whip ass and that's exactly, exactly <laughs> what she is. Uh, I liked uh, Carmina's character, how, like, she knows how to party, but at the same time, she she can kick anyone's ass at any time. And I like the idea of it all being wrapped up in a small package. And uh, the vision I have is just somebody coming to attack her as she puts, like, her shield up and just being, sh- like, shoved back the anime, you know, when the characters shove back, like, 10 mm-hmm. feet. And she just they just stand there even tougher in spot. Uh, that's the vision I always have when I'm thinking about her. I love your character concept from Mariposa, by the way. Very, very cool idea. And I'm such a sucker for like the tiny, tiny people who pack a big punch yeah. trope. I usually play giant characters, but my barbarian in 5e is a gnome barbarian. And I liked this small oh, package, nice, yeah. tough, tough character personality. And so I've been playing that a lot, playing into that a little bit more. Well, and short people are notoriously super filled with rage. Yeah, very scrappy. <laughs> it's just it's just part of it. She has broken the mold of this party. She is chaotic good. She's a chaotic good champion. Well, at least she's still and, chaotic. <laughs> yeah, she has a chaotic part. And that makes her a liberator. So uh, in the champion dynamic, 
her alignment statements, I chose three uh, quotes, two of which I have who they came from, and one I forgot to put who it was from, so I apologize for whoever I did not put, can't give credit to. Uh, the first one is, if the soul is left in darkness, sins will be committed. The guilty one is not who commits the sin, but the one who causes the darkness. And that's Victor Hugo and Les Miserables. The second one is, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin. And in the end, despair. And that's C.S. Lewis. And then the final alignment statement is, the best thing you could do is master the chaos in you. You are not thrown into the fire. You are the fire. (laughs) I like that one. That one is probably the best uh, representation of Mariposa. For values, she has three values. The first one is family. Family does not... It's always almost kind of a foil of Abraxas' family statement. Family does not always mean blood. Family is those that protect you and support you along the way. I would lay down my life for my family if need be. The second one is truth. The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is. That's a quote from Winston Churchill. And then the last one is fire. Fire means so much. It means power. It means passion. It is life. The fire inside of me is what gives me my drive to grow, live, and protect. I must work hard to keep it burning and safeguard it against those who wish to extinguish it. Hells yeah. Nice. And then finally, bonds. I only have three bonds. I realize this is my first time doing all of this. I have never done <laughs> any of this right. stuff. I didn't even think That's about true. that, man. Ooh. I have Welcome been a champion of all this stuff, but I have never got to put it into practice. Ooh, so that true. was kind of amazing. <laughs> uh, the first one is pageants pageantry is an amazing flamboyant spectacle and will be a great addition to the circus. However, I fear her ambition and selfishness will be the cancer to my circus family. <laughs> Ooh, spicy. Byron is like a brother to me, and I can't imagine losing a twin like he has. I will do everything I can to keep the fire in his soul going during this time. And then the final one is, (laughs) the doctor has a big heart. It seems to be surrounded by a rather solitary enclosure. I'm going to work hard to include her in the circus and let her know she is a, has, she has a, I'm thinking about this because I'm thinking about her bond for me as I'm reading this. <laughs> <laughs> let her know she has a friend as she needs it. Oh my God. I wrote my bond specifically because I wanted, I was hoping this is what you were going to do so that they would be at cross purposes. <laughs> nope. Let's talk about our feelings. What? What? <laughs> I misread the situation. No. You want to what? <laughs> this is the dangerous Abby knowing me as a person too well, too. <laughs> oh, I knew God. that was the bond you would probably That's go cool. for. So I wrote one to specifically counteract it. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, makes me man. feel good. <laughs> oh. It's all going to change. <laughs> she just flipped the table on you, essentially. <laughs> oh, she super did. Like, I was just thinking about how grateful I am that she's still being so professional. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Surprise. <laughs> All right. So we know. Also, Seleno does not have a big heart. <laughs> you'll, you'll find that out later. <laughs> oh. Like I said, first impressions. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
Although you guys have known each other for a little while. It might be just something that Mariposa thinks, but... Well, I based it all off of uh, that line that uh, Abby had used last episode. She's lonely and she wants to learn how to make friends. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah. And perception is everything. That's uh, mm-hmm. one thing. Well, and it's my hope that Selena will like be, be just like the Grinch at some point <laughs> during this, during her character arc. <laughs> is her heart will grow three sizes that day. And maybe Mariposa is <laughs> the one to do that. Dun, well, dun, dun. couldn't Selena just mutagenically make her heart bigger? <laughs> I've got the biggest heart of anyone in this circus. Look how big my heart is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look at uh, my don't heart. think she won't. <laughs> she probably would definitely try that first. <laughs> Look, this I found totally a way work. to freeze the tissue and show you. <laughs> and show you. Mariposa said I should have a bigger heart. I will. I will. I can do that. I grafted a second one just for good measure. Yeah. She's not a medical many. doctor either, so she doesn't know why that would be so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> exactly. She's not a real doctor. She's like, I have the most hearts. She's a PhD, not a doctor. (laughs) You shush, it's just as good. It is, it is. Oh, gosh. It's just different. (laughs) Everyone says you must have heart. Well, I have two. Gosh, that took a lot longer than I was expecting, but that's yeah. fine. But that we was can, so uh, fun. Yeah. I I am so excited to interact with your characters more because I feel like we didn't really get that a lot last time, which is understandable. Yeah, we didn't really yeah. get a chance. No, so I'm really excited. That circusry took up all our time. So now that we all have better idea of who our characters are and we're coming straight off of... As you said, I mean, it's the same day. Today, it's still the day of the show. The audience has just left the big top. And uh, the backstage area is pretty much emptied out. Most of the performers have left. And you could tell that after the elation of performing so well sort of wears away, everyone is gripped again by sadness and then fear. There is this unknown entity it, it, they don't know what happened to Myron he was clearly murdered though and so everyone's thinking am I next am I safe is it safe to go back to my wagon um, so the professor actually instructs all of the performers to you know when they leave to go down to the uh, circus camps fire there's a communal fire that you guys kind of keep going And everyone's going to go down there and huddle around it and sort of wait uh, while he speaks to you for. So presumably you're all in the backstage area again and um, he approaches you. Uh, Well, that went uh, fantastically well, especially considering the circumstances. And uh, everyone's scared right now, as you can see. So I hope you don't mind that I've implicitly volunteered you to look into this matter pageant only heard it was a marvelous show and heard nothing else (laughs) (laughs) i think that's for the best oh i have some work that i need to do are you are you sure you want me to help i'm mariposa claps dr niss's back we could use your expertise as a doctor in this i think 
I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> the professor says, yes, quite. Uh, I was thinking your analytical mind could be of some use here, Seleno. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Couldn't think of a way to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck trying to weasel your way out of this one. <laughs> Can I do a medicine check on uh, Myron? Oh, sure. So you guys want to take a look at his body? Is every is pageant, you know, you're going along with this? She doesn't realize she's being talked to? The professor isn't actually really talking to you. You're there unless you don't want to be. She will go along with this all. She is not aware that she's been like specifically put onto this task force because she has not been addressed. So oh, she's yeah. She's just assuming that he's talking to like his circus people. And as the star of the show, it would be so beneath her to even go about doing this so she's waiting for like so like she's just like putting away her stuff she's like taking off her makeup she sees everyone doing things she's like hmm. i think he uh the the professor approaches you and he says uh, why don't you you're new here his mindset is keep her close to keep an eye on her but what he's going to say is i think you would be valuable as an outsider <gasps> to uh Give your perspective on the investigation, if you would. <sighs> Honestly, that's like the first intelligent thing I've heard out of your mouth. Absolutely. No sense motive check necessary. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> he turns to Mariposa and smirks and then walks back over to her and says, very quietly, keep an eye on her, if you would. Of course. He's going to say that he he's leaving to essentially go keep everyone calm because he's sort of the most senior, you know, person there now. Um, he was also, you know, bridge crew. <laughs> he was also in a leadership <laughs> position. So now he's kind of, he, and he's also someone people look to for comfort. So he's going to go to the fire and join everyone else and keep everybody calm while you guys do your investigation. So you said, uh, Mariposa, you wanted to take a look at the body. Yeah, with a, I was going to do a medicine roll. The thing that you will notice just looking at him right off the bat is his legs are so swollen that you can see they're bulging through his pant legs. Well, I rolled a natural 20 with oh, my medicine check. So very nice. I, so I was going to say I aid, but I don't think I need to. <laughs> For a total of 23. So... Yeah, that's going to be, you actually got a critical success (laughs) on your check here. So what you can do, I'm just going to say straight off the bat that because of his bulging legs, uh, you guys would probably cut the pant legs away, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I would do first. Yeah, so you immediately notice that uh, there is mottled, bruise-ridden flesh underneath, spiked through with bulging blue veins, and tiny puncture marks riddle his skin. Trickles of dried blood and venom rimming each one. And what you have found out with your critical success is that uh, these are snake bites, of course, obviously. And the venom is what killed him. The vipers. Yes, you have revealed with that critical success that it is the vipers specifically, which, I mean, you came to that conclusion anyways. Um, Yeah, because I was the one that kited them out of the circus, so I I remember them. Wow. Um, I mean, I guess the best thing to do is try to figure out if I remember anything about the, 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 the vipers, because they're probably long gone now. Yeah, they they have 
slithered off and you're not sure where, uh, which isn't necessarily great. But what I will say is that um, the one person who's still kind of lingering around as you guys are taking a look at the body is Elysia. And she is the snake charmer, if you recall. Mm. And so she, she's she been crying and she steps forward with sort of a sniffling face, you know, a, a red puffy face. And she says, that's not normal. It's not? Snakes wouldn't do that. Well, they wouldn't attack like that, all clustered like that. They wouldn't keep attacking over and over. Could she call me Mr. J? Mr. Mr. J. J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what would uh, what what would cause them to uh, to attack in this manner? He's doing his best not to even look at the body. Uh, so he's just so, yeah, looking <laughs> at her eyes. I don't know, but uh, I don't see anything on the ground. I don't see their their snake tracks. And yeah, if you you will notice that if you look at the ground all around his body, there are strange tracks, but there are no footprints other than the ones you guys have freshly made around his body. Even his own footprints are gone. Can I make an occultism roll? Occultism check? Sure, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I aid. Yeah. I think I aided. But it's a 26 with Logan's aid. Wow, okay. You would know that to coerce an animal to do something completely uncharacteristic of its normal behavior, that's definitely magic. Uh, it's probably some kind of mind-controlling magic or druidic magic, something along those lines. Alicia, do you know anybody who might have that level of control over snakes in the snake-charming community? She frowns and shakes her head. I'm the only snake charmer here, and, um... Kill her! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. And I could never get him to do this. Jess, does my occult check um, reveal, like, why there would be no footprints or tracks? It's not that there are no footprints. It's that there are a lot of strange footprints that you don't really recognize. Somebody could give me a perception or survival check if you want to... Oh, I don't have any of those. Like, I have Shoot. low survival. I've got a plus two to survival. I could get, okay. I could take a whack I got a plus it. three perception. Let me see what I got here. Oh, I got a four. Oh, shit. A plus six to perception. Oh, nat 20 on my survival check, Ooh. so 22. Oh, we're in a roll. Okay. I'm actually rolling well. Something must be wrong. Seleno, because of your lab experience, you know these to be countless rat tracks. And uh, yeah, they are conspicuously covering up other footprints that might have been there. The rats were used to cover the trail. Well, also there were some rats that ate away some nets, if you remember. Yeah. And mm-hmm. both of those behavior, I mean, both chewing through the nets and, you know, swarming <laughs> around a body are also unusual behaviors for rats. Can we follow a rat trail? Sure. Yeah. You guys want to take, try and uh, uh, follow the tracks? Yes. It looks yeah. like. As we're walking over, Pageant's going to like take Selena's hands and be like, Leno, that was amazing. Good job. <laughs> Good job, honey. Oh, She's dead chef. Nobody praises her for her intellect anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was, it was a, 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 you know, animal husbandry extension, oh. extension course that I, that I took when I was getting my, it's no big deal, but thank you. <laughs> Nothing to it. Mariposa, do you know, are there any local, oh, be it druid or rangers close by? Do you know if there was any in attendance? I, 
you mingle amongst the people a bit more than I. We could ask the mayor. The mayor was surprised by our performance, if I remember right, last game. Yes. Well, so the problem is everybody has sort of left. Uh, Everybody's off back to the town. But if you guys are going to follow the rat tracks, I'm going to let the survival roll ride because it was really high so i'm i'm gonna yeah. just yeah i think <laughs> I, I, you are able to follow the tracks with no problem and they lead out into the camp and they are specifically in a few areas when you search around the camp most of them are near myron's wagon which probably doesn't surprise you but also bardolph's wagon the edge of the woods and then the Kambali wagon, which is the Featherfall Five family. They lead to and from the performer's entrance to the big top. Mariposa excuses herself and she goes into what is her cabin. And a few minutes later, she comes out uh, in a purple breastplate. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a scimitar and a katana on her back. And she <laughs> also has a, um, a steel shield. She's coming ready to fight. Nice. <laughs> Is anybody else gearing up or is everybody else kind of ready? I know monks are pretty much. Yeah, I. The only thing he would have picked up is his small pack from backstage where they were anyway. And he would have just lunked that over his back, grabbed a walking stick. Tied to his bag is his uh, fiddle case. So, really, just his backpack, (laughs) his fiddle, and a walking stick that he just grabbed backstage as they started trailing the rats. I was about to say, uh, Pageant's just been carrying everything since the backstage area because she does not have accommodations yet. Um, I will note, (laughs) though, that she saw Mariposa's purple breastplate and she approves. (laughs) (laughs) It's gold etched, by the way, with the symbol of Serenary on the chest. Yeah, she didn't see this coming from Mariposa. She was like, hmm. Okay. Uh, Seleno pretty much always wears her uh, bandolier of potions pretty <laughs> much wherever she goes. She's got uh, a couple different cool tricks. She's also still got some fireworks in, in the bag that she usually carries everywhere uh, and like a sling to help throw them. But she usually kind of carries all that equipment with her since that's part of her, I guess, work kit. Perfect. So the Kambali wagon, that's where we went to discover the nets were torn up, right? Um, You didn't go there. They discovered in the performer's area that their nets had been chewed up because they're not normally stored. I mean, they're huge nets. So these are going to be stored in the performance gear, not so much in their own personal wagon. But yeah, that's those are the areas where the tracks are. Just to give you a quick, Bardolph is, you guys already know, the circus bear. <laughs> <gasps> Circus bear. Like he's an actual bear? Yes, he's an actual bear. <laughs> he's part of the Bear Beats Battlestar Galactica group. So, yeah. Bear. And th- that's one of the wagons where the rat tracks are, are all around. Let's go make sure Bardolph is okay. Everyone's going to go do that? Yeah. Oh, oh. Eh, yeah, unless we want to split the party, which mm. is always a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recommend we stay together for safety. Bardolph's wagon is just outside the big top, as you guys noted. It's the closest location. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would go there first. Let's see. What do you do when you get there? Uh, first thing is to make sure Bardolph's okay. So, Bardolph, you know, has been injured for about a week. He's been, Aww. he hasn't been performing. He didn't perform today. He's been inside his wagon, sort of recuperating. Part of the re- the way he ended up at the circus is that 
His owner, the great Fortunato, was robbed and killed in an alleyway in Escadar. Um, but, oh. you know, Myron couldn't stand leaving him in Mistress Duskalite's cruel clutches, and so he took the bear and the great Fortunato's wagon. So he, this, this bear is very smart, and he still knows the tricks that make up his act. Um, so he can perform without little, with, with little direction, but he, he's basically the circus mascot and, you know, the giant pet. He's, he's considered part of the family. <laughs> Thus explains Aww. Mariposa's concern for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody always goes and checks on the, pe- you check on your pets first oh, yeah. before you check on mm-hmm. anybody yeah. else. Yeah. It goes kids, pets, and then any adults that are around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, since you know the the circus and you know the situation, you would know that there is a large door in the rear of the wagon that has a, a thick and well-chewed length of rope on either side. And that's how Bartolf opens and closes the door Aww. to oh, get so it. Sweet boy. <laughs> yeah, let's check on sweet boy. So I guess we do what, whatever, if we had a knock or a call. Okay, Bartol. How's it going, boy? Just check and see how you're doing. It's a sing-songy call. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> How's we, have a, we have a viney treat for you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Throw her in there. No, he... Um, Bears don't you, normally, he would sort of make a noise out at you, but all you see is the wagon begin to rustle. And then, with a loud bang, he throws the door open and comes out roaring. I need uh-huh. everyone to roll for initiative. Oh no! No, I don't okay. want to fight the bear. Not He's lethal. a sweet boy. All the way. First and foremost, Bardolf got a twenty-eight. Wow! Oh dang! Okay. He's also, unfortunately for you guys, getting a surprise round because none of you would ever expect him to attack unless. No, nope, because we love Bartle. That's true. Byron, what'd you get? 23. 23. Did anybody get above 23 or below 23? Me. I'm actually rolling really well nice. today. <laughs> I got a 24. Nice. Right. And what did Pageant get? 10. <laughs> 10s across the board. And Mariposa. Mariposa rolled a natural one, so she has a seven. Oh, damn. Aye. Okay. Unfortunately, yes, our bear friend is going to get a surprise round. And how would you guys say you were oriented? Were you all sort of clustered? I would say Mariposa was probably Mariposa in the front. Mariposa or Byron would have been right up front. I would have okay. assumed that. Yeah, so Seleno definitely would have been standing back a bit. I'm assuming okay. Pageant was standing next to Seleno, letting letting the big boys take care of it in front. <laughs> Yeah, so he's going to be choosing between Mariposa and uh, Byron. So I'm going to roll a die and see who I want to pick based on that. He's going to go for Mariposa. As he should. (laughs) And he's coming with a swipe. He gets a 21 to hit. Oh, my goodness. Wow. He's a bear. (laughs) Yep, he sure is. Uh, That is definitely a hit. Ouchie. Okay, so oof. I am going to use my hero point to make the bear roll disadvantage. I start just striking it with little whistles. Hey, 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 hey. Come, 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 come down. Hey, 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 hey. He looks at you and goes, Uh, I rolled a 20 the second 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we did take the lowest. Okay. So it's still, it's still a hit. Oh, um, I tried. You tried. And, you know, it's not your fault that I roll 20s. Oh, boy. That's, that. Oh, shit. That's going to work against us as players. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm so used to that being a good thing. No. Jess, that's not fair. You're like a 20 machine, so you should always roll at a disadvantage. It's not I fair. I should. Yet. You're right. You're right. It's in my new GM rule. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. We didn't we didn't consider this when we said, like, yeah, it'd be fun if, G- if Jess DM'd this game. <laughs> this is your hubris. Um, Somebody <laughs> other than Jess has to roll. No, that's going to always be the thing, too. Does a 57 hit you? Anyways. No, um, <laughs> like, Jess, you're the worst. I'm you know always going to attack Dusty. <laughs> no. Um, so I am going to, that is, uh, sorry, 14 points of damage. He rolled max. Holy shit. Crazy. Jesus. Oh my God. And Holy do you shit. even have 14 points? I have 20 pit points. So <laughs> so he swipes at you with his claw and just picks your tiny body up with it and is now holding you close and roars. It is Delano's turn. What you going to do? Uh, I'm going to throw the Tanglefoot bag and see what happens there. So don't want to kill creature. Give me that roll. So that was a 15 to hit. A 15 to hit. His AC is not going to do it, unfortunately. Damn it. Wow, this is a level one fight. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It uh, whips around his legs harmlessly, and he lumbers past. And next up is going to be Byron. Oh, man. I'm going to go non-lethal for these next strikes. Byron is going to get into a low stance and just kind of do the E-Honda <laughs> and aim for uh, bear pressure points to hopefully knock the bear out. I missed on all of them. Miss, 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 miss. Oh, no. Yeah, he's like, uh oh. He doesn't want to hurt the bear, so he's he pulled his punches way too much, and he's like, "Shit!" He knew <laughs> he knew right as he unleashed his attack that his you know he didn't put his whole self into it, and that's why he failed. You're basically just touching him. <laughs> I'm like patting. It's like, "Hey, hey, are you all hey, right? Hey, buddy! <laughs> touch, touch, Come on, touch, buddy! Touch, snap touch. out of it! <laughs> uh, snap out of it!" That's all I can do is a free action. Yeah. All right, pageant. So Mariposa is being grappled by it currently. Mm-hmm. She's grabbed. Does Mariposa look like she's in pain? I would say the claws have probably pierced her breastplate. Yeah, she got raked. Seeing that Mariposa is in trouble, and pageant's not heartless, as I mentioned earlier. Like, she, like, she sees the pain on Mariposa's face, and um, she starts to shimmy her body, and, like, start, like, little jingling happens everywhere. A wafting sensation just overwhelms Mariposa as I cast Soothe on you. And Soothe, uh, I grace the target's mind, boosting its mental defenses and healing its wounds. The target regains 1d10 plus 4 hit points Ooh. when I cast a spell, and you oh. have a plus 2 status bonus to saves against mental effects for the duration, which is one minute. You get back 11 hit points. Hey! Ooh, very nice. Thank you, pageant. More spells. <laughs> <laughs> she has a whip, because of course, you know, like, for her act, she uses a whip to enhance her, her herself. And um, she's going to unsnap it and she, like whips it around and around and around and she like kind of does like a little pirouette and like snaps it up the bear 
and whips do non-lethal damage, so she's not worried about hurting him at all. Nice. Um, and I, I don't think I hit it. That was a 13. No, unfortunately, it cracks in the air harmlessly in front of its face, and it uh, makes a bear noise. She at least accomplished her, 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 her main goal, and she calls out to Mariposa, You're welcome, honey. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Keep up the good work. <laughs> that is uh, Padden's turn. So now it's going to be Mariposa's turn. What would you like to do? Yeah, I'm just going to try to do some non-lethal damage with my my pulled out scimitar. Okay. Uh, do two attacks and then raise my shield. Alrighty. So that's an 18 hit? No, not quite. Holy Boy, shit. Yeah, it's a bear. Damn. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yep. How about a 21? Yes, a 21 will hit. Finally, Jesus. <laughs> Spank that bear. Spank it. <laughs> that is 10 points damage. Ooh, wow. Okay. So I basically give back almost what it came to me, and then I raise up my shield to defend against the next attack. Yeah, he okay. is not happy about this. How are you doing non-lethal damage? Are you, like, punching him with the pommel, or...? I'm just hitting it with the backside of the scimitar. Gotcha. So, he is not happy about that, but, uh... First, he's going to attack you again. I don't believe you are any extra vulnerability because of your being grabbed. So, I rolled a 21 again to hit. Does that hit uh, that... That is a Ooh. hit. Ah, sorry. All right. I'm going to use a hero point this time. Oh, I was about to use one. All right, go for it. I'm going to use it for him to roll disadvantage. So okay. go for it. Ha ha. Ha ha. Uh, this time it's an 18 to hit. That is a miss. All right. Yeah, he has a joint distractions of a shield in his mouth. As he's being distracted by Byron stroking his tummy, he also <laughs> <laughs> has a shield shoved into his mouth. Uh, and so now his so teeth are sort of grinding tummy. against it. He's going to take a second swing with his free claw at Byron. Uh, and he gets a 19 to hit. 19 hits. Yep. Exactly. All right. And then he's going to swing it back towards you again, kind of trying to do a back fist against you. Uh, and I only got a 14 to hit that time. Does he get two claw attacks? Because he's holding me with one of his claws. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's not about... I mean, he he has three actions and he has a free claw. So he it's not so much that you have a claw-claw bite anymore. It's that you have the action economy. And as long oh, as that's he right. can... I mean, yeah, they, they don't work quite the same. It's kind of weird with the action economy. Yeah. I mean, it's like you could do... Normally, you can't just freely do two spells. But if you have a spell that's worth one and a spell that's worth two, mm-hmm. then you can do two back to back. You know, it's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, no, I get it. It's just... It, it's an interesting... It is weird. Does a 14 hit you, Byron? Nope. All right. So on the backswing, he uh, completely whiffs. Probably, I imagine you dodge out of the way. I do. I put both hands as one slices across me, uh, squirting blood all over the place. As it comes around, he'll put his hands on it and do like a pole vault or (laughs) what's that? The horse and just kind of leap over it. Mm -hmm. And when the other one goes again, he does that pie may land on on his feet and then flips back away from it. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so you're going to get seven points of claw damage from that first hit. How are you feeling? Uh, Not bad. 13 out of 20. Hey, pretty good. So it's just kind of like looks worse than it is. You know, blood's kind of spreading on his vest. 
He's he's not too worried. It hurts, but he's more concerned about hurting little bear Barry. <laughs> Seleno, what are you gonna do in reaction to this? Oh, to uh, Byron has just been you know slashed up a little bit. Well, she's not loving that apparently <laughs> this fight is not going great for the people that are actually trying to take the bear down. <laughs> she was waffling for a moment between just trying to whack at the bear with her little sling, but she's decided that it's time for more drastic measure. She's got her club. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, so you stepping up? She's gonna step up with her club and she's going to try to do non-lethal damage. All right, how many hits you doing? Are you gonna do three? Try to whack him three times with it as gently as possible. <laughs> I love that probably the smartest person in the group has the most rudimentary weapon. Club. Yeah. Club. Club. <laughs> Thank you very much. It is actually a very elegant club. It was a gift from her father, and it's a smooth piece of polished wood with some very intricate elven writing in it. Okay. Elegant simplicity. <laughs> yeah. It's a simple weapon, but a classy one. (laughs) First attack was like eight to hit. That's probably not going to do it. No. Second attack, also definitely not going to do it. I'm back to my usual rolling, guys. (laughs) And the third one was also not going to do it. Oh, (laughs) no. So Selena is now directly like up against this bear, like trying to get it. You can definitely tell that she is not trained (laughs) in the use of any kind of weapon. She is a soft handed academic. Her green wig is like askew on her head. It's obscuring part of her vision. And she's just trying to get the bear and it's just not working. Oh no. Much like Byron, you're giving his tummy a nice little tickle. (laughs) Yep, I'm giving the bear a nice tummy (laughs) tickle. (laughs) So next up, speaking of Byron, you're up next. Oh, man. All right. He's got to get serious. He's going to go for a pop pop. Three pops. He's going to fist up. He's looking for an opening, and he's going to just unleash. All right, here we go. So that's going to go with a miss on the first one. 19, does a 19 hit? Yes. Oh, okay, so there's one hit. (laughs) And so he strikes first, and he probably, the bear moves, and Mariposa is going to be in his way, so he pulls his punch up. But he's using the same momentum to bring his elbow down, kind of like behind the neck. Nice. And he's going to do how many points of damage? Oh, it does. Seven points of non-lethal. All righty. And then with the last one, he's going to put both hands out. I'm going to use a, a parry, which gives me a plus one to my AC. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Very cool. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Hang all in right. there, Mariposa. I, I think we're tiring him out. Yeah, he's chewing on her shield. (laughs) (laughs) It is Pageant's turn. What is on the ground laying about that I could just rocket ship at the bear's face? Bear poop. (laughs) (laughs) Something a little bit more substantial. Uh, I think he poops in the woods. Uh, You know, just like, does the Pope wear a funny hat? It's like a rock. Does Bardolph poop in the woods? Um, (laughs) 
correct. Around his wagon, as with other wagons, there are probably various things, you know, like spare wheels, uh, crates of supplies, the kind of things you load up into the wagons while mm-hmm. you're traveling. Tent nails. Yeah, tent nails. Tent nails. Well, she knows it's not going to, they don't want lethal. So she's going to take one of those wheels because that seems fun and flashy. And <laughs> okay. um, Pageant shimmies her, her left hand because her right hand has the whip and she reaches out towards the wagon wheel. It lifts up to the ground and she calls out to Leno because Leno's so tall. She says, duck, please. <laughs> As uh, she casts telekinetic projectile. Uh, 15 to hit. That is not going to hit, unfortunately. We've got to start actually trying to kill this bear. Leno didn't <laughs> get out of the way in time. And so I guess he, she didn't hear me. So at the last second, Pageant just flicks the wheel upwards. So it doesn't actually hit anyone. It just like flies upwards into the air. She's like, eh, hopefully it doesn't hit someone on the way down. Um, <laughs> and then she just strikes out with the whip in the other hand, keeping her distance because it has reach. Oh, that was an eight. So that was a 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no hit again. It just cracks in his face. Ugh. Pageant is pissed. But you would expect, I think, from this noise for him to be become more agitated as he was before. But I think you can see that he is actually looking a little less vicious and a little huh. more calm, a little more like normal. Uh, as Mariposa, it is your turn. Mariposa is going to... Yeah, I don't have knowledge of any lore that would probably work for this, so I'm going to have to just go on with the <laughs> usual. I'm going to go ahead and attack with my scimitar. Does a 20 hit? Yes, a 20 will. Oh, actually, unfortunately, because he is holding you, he has a plus two circumstance bonus against hits from you, so that is not going to do it. Ah, son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Will a natural 20 hit? Oh, absolutable. Absolutely. Yes. Gory. The target is sickened one. Ooh, okay. Maybe Ooh, smack his bad okay. paw or whatever they're in. Yeah, I think what I do is I probably smack in the, in my wild gaze to get through. I probably smack his wound, which causes him to wince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lets out a horrible roar, but it sa- and then it starts sounding more like pain, like whimpering. Oh, baby, you're a monster, Mariposa. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to try to break the grapple. Okay. It is the escape action. You basically attempt a check. Using your unarmed attack modifier against the DC of the effect, this is typically the athletics DC of a creature grabbing you. Okay, so it's my attack versus its athletics DC. I keep reading this because I have liberating step. Which allows me to help a friend, an ally, get free of a grapple or a grab and basically kind of step in the way and take the damage also. But that doesn't really work for myself. So so I am going to go ahead and do an unarmed attack against its athletics. Okay. Give me that roll. That is an 18. All right. You wiggle your way out of his grasp, however gracefully you would like to do so. Uh, (laughs) I imagine there are some cool maneuvers you pull, but he seems to have completely lost the fire in his eyes. He's covering, he steps back, he like stumbles back towards the wagon and is covering his face with both of his paws. Both because he's sickened and also because you might uh, be able to um, suss out that he is feeling some sort of like guilt or shame. Um, And he makes some soft noises at you guys as he looks you in the eyes and he sits down on on his butt 
and is looking at the ground. I uh, I go up and give him a hug. He makes a little noise and nuzzles into you. Oh, I give him a little meat treat. Oh, and a little baby. ration pack. He snuffles and he he takes a little nibble and then uh, retches it back up because he's sick. But <laughs> it only lasts for a round. <laughs> um, but you guys, yeah, he. It seems like you know he had been in a rage and now he's just not. You know, feel free if you want to um, make any checks on that. You feel free, but would detect magic do anything? Yeah, you can detect magic. Do you have that spell, or is that something? That's one of my because I took the seer elf cool. as my as the other half of my bloodline, and they have detect magic <gasps> as a cantrip. Cool. Okay, oh, Miss cool. Magic is just poor man's science. <laughs> <laughs> That's just good genes. It's genetics. Huh? So you do not detect any magic. What you can tell from this is that there was some other cause for for his violence, for his lashing out. And it was not magical. Hmm. Gotcha. And how I'm justifying it is, yeah, when you're working around a bunch of sloppy magic users, you have to make (laughs) sure that you're aware at all times when one of them might have done something (laughs) to your work. This is smart. This is smart. I'm going to roll a medicine check on Bardolph and kind of pouch up his his wound that I hit and make sure he's okay. Okay. And I rolled a 17 for medicine. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I will. uh, I'll heal him up as background, although it probably won't matter. But (laughs) would it be able to use my circus lore to sort through since he got sick and wretched to kind of sort through to see is there anything in there that should be there on his bare diet? Like a weird plant. I don't know. Weird colored vomit. You would know that because it, it was because of the way Mariposa hit him that he became sick. Oh, but um, there's no, like, a weird coloration. Yeah, but she, he's talking about, like, maybe when he did throw up, there was stuff in his stomach that might have poisoned. No, or, no, there's nothing hmm. strange there. Um, if you guys look inside of his wagon everything looks normal as well it's you know you've been in there before i'm sure and it's just a thickly blanketed wagon full of you know depictions of him uh paintings of him him dancing balancing on a ball so and also you know pretending to menace his former you know uh master the great fortunato Who, that is so adorable. You know, funnily enough, he was also armed with a whip when they would do their act. So huh. your your whipping at him sort of echoed that. Uh, Pageant sees this on the walls and she just takes a mental note for like, hmm, I can work him into my act. Um, <laughs> but also Always working. What Pageant also is uh, <laughs> I, suspicious of is um, if nothing seems amiss and it doesn't seem to be magical because she also has detect magic. So she has the same thing, the same inkling as Seleno. Um, she's suspecting poison or something like that. Mm. And so can I roll a lore check to see if there's any poison afoot? I have underworld sure. lore. Yeah, yeah. Give me rolls. Anybody who wants to roll, yeah. go ahead and roll. roll because I things. feel like underworld lore, she's she's been around poisons and she recognizes them. Sure. And so she might be able to tell some symptoms. <laughs> Her leaves might even make some kinds of poisons. But at this point, no, because she rolled a seven. 
Yeah, you can't tell anything. As far as you can tell, he just seemed like he something made him angry, but it doesn't doesn't seem like it was magical or chemical. Uh, Mariposa speaks up. She goes, if this happened to Bardolph, what about the others? And we should go check on them and make sure they're okay as well. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, honey. But you have to think about it. Um, this is the scene of the crime. So we should investigate before just running off and saving everyone. You know, <laughs> knowledge is good defense or whatever. The Kambali family might be in danger. Well, you can run off. I'm going to do a quick scan and then I can meet you there. I'll, I'll come with you. I can't do anything for Bardolph. She just like awkwardly pats the bear <laughs> from like arm's length away. I'll start sprinting off then. Albus is yeah. like the only thing Pageant wanted to do is just do a perception check around the room to see if anything was amiss. The wagon, I should say. Okay, so. give me that perception check. Okay, this should be better in 18. There is nothing out of place as far as you can tell. What you do find outside is an owl bear token hanging from a, a dream catcher, if you want to take that. An owl bear token hanging from a dream catcher? Would and, she know that oh, this owl is... Oh, bear claw. I'm sorry. Oh, it's an, an owl, owl bear claw. claw. I was like, would she know that this is out of place? No, it's not out of place even. Uh, it's just there. <laughs> Well, and you know, it's something you can, it's, it's, it's something you would know is of value. It's, I was about to say, yeah, it's dangly. She can make a hat out of it or an earring. She grabs it. <laughs> she, she's a crafty queen and she rushes off with everyone else. As you are running towards the other side of the camp, you see two roustabouts who you recognize as the guys who generally go out and cut wood in the woods for the fire come bursting through the tree line and they are panting, uh, wielding their hatchets. And one of them calls, there were snakes in the woods. And the greatest show on earth podcast Aww. is a fantastic world. Oh, my I would like to Nicely thank Sirenscape for use of their sound <laughs> effects and music, Paizo for the Extinction Curse Adventure Path, and all of you listeners. Until next time, I am Jessica, your ringmaster. You can find me at Hank the Clank. You can find me at Dustin Alexander. <laughs> You can find me at Espinoza916, getting ready to get my snake vengeance on. <laughs> you can find me at MainMan08. And you can find me at Bonanza Famine. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we appreciate it so much, and we'll see you next time, guys. just knocks people out right you have why bear did i tranquilizer. invest so much in fire yeah, good thing i packed all that bear tranquilizer yeah <laughs> <laughs>